The date is Friday, May 29th, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. On this episode, we delve back into our debate from last week in part two of our great theme park debate, Universal versus Disney. Since this is part two, I do suggest that if you haven't listened to part one yet, you jump back to last week's episode and listen to that one first. You've already done that. Enjoy. Abby, yeah, your turn to go up. first. Whatever. Oh, are we skipping to rides right now? <laughs> yeah, we're going to rides. Oh, we're doing it live. Let me scroll down to my talking topic. points. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you got to give the people what they want. So, ladies first yucks. again this time. Um, also, for rides, I just want to point on the fact that Disney offers free Fast Passes. I'm just saying, you have to pay for Universal's Fast Passes. <clears throat> Doesn't If the Fast Passes are free, isn't it just the line? Well, <laughs> well yeah. <laughs> okay, let me explain this just a little more. So, you get three free Fast Passes a day. So, you can pick three rides that you want to basically skip the queue and go to the front of the line. Um, which is really nice because although I will say their app is a little hard to navigate sometimes, but if you know how to work it, you can get those fast passes really easily. Um, anyway, I have to go look back at my notes. Did throw you a curveball? You threw me a curveball. I'm not in order. TikTok. (laughs) Okay, so okay, I'll touch on the queue for a little bit. So, flight of passage in Animal Kingdom. He's distracting me. Um, So if you're in the line for the queue of Flight of Passage, they they don't waste their time in (coughs) sorry in describing um, basically what you're getting yourself into, which I think is really cool. Um, Once you're walking through, there's like a floating avatar in this like big bubble of water, and it's supposed to simulate like what's about to happen to you. Like you're gonna go into this weird experiment and all this stuff and there's also like this giant room where they have tubes where there's like creatures that are actually moving and like running around this little area and it's basically showing you these creatures that they have on the planet honestly i'm not really sure um what they are but talking he threw me a curveball alex i'm not in order okay hold on <laughs> i'm just gonna There's a downside to organization i, I know guess. i'm i'm an organized person so okay um i'm just gonna read off what i said what i had go ahead um okay so while disney doesn't offer the fastest roller coasters in the world i know that um disney does offer like a true experience rather than just a simple fast moving roller coaster ride disney uses virtual reality very often in their rides and they utilizes utilizes those same five senses in the rides as well and transports their guests you're not just riding up the hill on a roller coaster you're climbing up mount everest to catch a yeti like you're not just riding through this lazy adorable river you're going into briar fox's lair to catch briar rabbit and on splash mountain my favorite ride Mm. um I love that ride a lot because there's a lot of dips, and so people get freaked out every single time because they think it's the biggest one, and it's really funny. Um, so Rise of the Resistance and Galaxy's Edge, Mickey's Runaway Railway, which I really wish that I could like touch on a little bit more because I genuinely think that's the hot... Like, that and Rise of the Resistance is extremely high-tech, and the fact that they're able to... It's not just these kiddie roller coaster rides anymore, they have amped it up so much. They utilize 
3D virtual reality um, water is going to actually spray at you. Things are going to come at you actually. Um, Mickey's Magic, for example, it's a 3D ride and it's a kitty ride, but it's one of my favorites because everything that happens to Donald on the screen is also happening to you, which is, I think is very cool. So when he splashes in the water, the water gets splashed at you. Um, Splash Mountain, Space Mountain, all of these rides are also themed during different seasons of the year. I don't know if exactly which one is what, but they all have different aspects. What number did you hold up? Sorry. Uh, you still got 30 seconds. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so this touches a little bit on holidays too, but the rides are themed to the holidays. So, and also special events. So during the Star Wars event, Splash Mountain turned into a Star Wars themed, Spl or Space Mountain turned into a Star Wars themed Space Mountain. The rides completely change based on different events. So anytime you go to Disney, you're probably going to get a different experience, which I think is super cool because you can pay to Time. go to the park. Uh, sorry. <laughs> go ahead. We have to go in order, Alex. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Nick got me Wait, all riled up for healing about, uh, for hearing about the, the rides and stuff. I mean, he just sent me the, the topics. I didn't think it was, I didn't, he didn't say, and it will be in this particular order. And it, you know, maybe it wasn't supposed to be, but that's what ended up happening. But hey, we went off kilter anyway. It doesn't really... You know what? We're, we're doing Abby, it live. Yes. I'm not even that prepared either, so don't worry. But you're like, you're a very good speaker, Nick. Like, you can talk on demand. Uh -huh. And I'm, I'm not as good at that. I have to, like, mentally prepare for this. I just want to say, in picking you two, and I find that our audience will, will think that this is true as well, I want to say that Abby, your personality type is very Disney-oriented. Yes. Yes. And Nick, I want to say that when I think Universal, <laughs> it's it's a lot like you. You guys mm -hmm. are the perfect human specimens to take on these roles. And hearing you two talk in between segments, it it's... still it still lands on that Disney Universal uh, scale, which is really nice. You're doing it, yeah. It's amazing. It's funny. Like... I was told by a cast member that my hair is too rambunctious for Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the perfect At Hollywood, they told Universal. me. I was like, oh, okay. Okay, Boomer. They're like, sure, you need to leave. <laughs> oh, okay, Boomer. <laughs> All right, Nick, take us. Okay, I just want to do a quick rebuttal on only one thing that Abby mentioned that I feel like has to go into conversations with Universal as it pertains to rides. Yes, they do at Disney offer you fast passes, three free fast passes when you first start out, and then after you spend the first three, you get one after another after another like that. I will say if you poll anybody that goes to Disney, whether they're a longtime fan, just visiting, or pass holders, they will tell you that when you take away fast passes, it exponentially decreases the weight of the standby line. Quick example, my girlfriend and I went to do Flight of Passage at Pandora. It was the last thing we did of the night. It was about to close. We walked into the standby line at a 120-minute wait. We waited standing in line for like 20 minutes, barely moving. And then in the next 30 minutes, we were on. And that's because they got rid of all the fast pass people and they just kept that train moving as fast as possible. So one could argue that just providing free fast passes for whoever wants to show up actually adds to wait times exponentially. Whereas with Universal, you do have to pay the price to get that higher tier of expedited service 
at the park. So if you're really like, hey, we got to get on these rides, you got to shell out the money to afford yourself the opportunity to cut in front of regular people that are just there, maybe on a budget. Mm -hmm. Now, talking about rides, Hagrid's Motorbike Adventure Magical Creature, whatever the hell that stupid title is, it's a weird title. That ride is probably one of the best rides in general in the entire Florida area, maybe elsewhere as far as theming is concerned as far as the ride mechanics not only does it go straight up a hill with no foreseeable you can't go anywhere else it just goes straight up and then shoots you backwards it also drops you so it has a drop in the ride where it just literally sits still and then it just drops a flight into the ground they also have a ton of cutting edge animatronics and the theming of going into Hagrid's hut and talking about all the creatures, seeing all the animatronic creatures. You see an impressive Hagrid creature. You see Fluffy, the three headed dog. You see Cornish pixies. You see a unicorn. There's all sorts of different creatures that you encounter in the Forbidden Forest as you embark on the motorbike. It is one of the fastest, most thrilling rides that I've been on in quite some time. It more than lived up to the hype. A lot of people, if you pull them, again, we're, we're taking polls here, <laughs> they will say that this ride is insane. It's probably the best ride they've done as it pertains to anything Harry Potter related. I will say now... That the thing I think, if you kind of stretch out and look at it from a more macro perspective, Disney is more catered to family-friendly fare. And that's not to say that it's bad. There's a lot of delightful rides to be had. I, I personally enjoy riding Dumbo. It's, it's, the, it's the childhood whimsy that you get when you go there. However, with Universal, it's a little more cutting edge and it's a little more thrill-based. Take The Incredible Hawk, for instance, in Islands of Adventure so many inversions it launches up into a speeding uh, miles per hour that i can't even come up with at the moment and you're going through multiple different inversions and it's it's a it's a genuine thrill, thrill ride over at universal studios florida you have rip ride rocket hollywood rip ride rocket mind you it is a roller coaster with inversions as well it takes you up 90 degrees straight up not only does it do that, but you and your personal vehicle, you get to pick what song you want to ride the ride to. So you can pick Daft Punk, Black Eyed Peas, Country, and they make a music video of you riding the ride. Wow. They also have different 3D roaming rides. Now, Universal has a few of these. Over at Islands of Adventure, you have the amazing Spider-Man ride, which is a 3D moving ride that goes through different sets. It sprays you with water, so you get that <laughs> that that little squirt if you if you if you if you like that. It also creates heat and fire. It's a multi-sensory overload experience over hmm. at universal studios florida you can also get that with transformers it's probably one of my favorite of that type of ride hmm. you also have men in black which is your average shoot 'em up game sort of akin to buzz lightyear over at uh, uh what is it uh freaking tomorrowland or whatever it's called <laughs> um so you kind of have a little bit both there let's talk about theming real quick Gringotts, Escape from Gringotts at Diagon Alley in Universal Studios, Florida. It is an immersive queue experience. You go through Gringotts Bank like you've seen in the Harry Potter film. There are impressive goblin animatronics as you make your way through this lavish uh, 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 walkway with a beautiful chandelier. You make your way downstairs. Team members pull you aside and they take your photo and it becomes something that you can get later on. Then you get into this elevator and it simulates going down deep into where all of the vaults are at Gringotts Bank. 
it is a roller coaster. It is a 3D multi-sensory experience that drops, hangs you, 3D, backwards, all sorts of different motions. It is truly unique and one that is quite unparalleled. That's your uh, time. Great. Because I was done talking. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Great. Nice try. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Judges, where are we sitting? Do I go first? Yep. Okay, I go first. So uh, I was making little notes. I don't know if you guys could hear that on the mic, but uh, I took a couple notes down when you guys yeah, were talking. You were feverishly typing and, and writing with your pencil. Oh, you, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm going to say Disney wins this round. I know I'm on a Disney uh-huh. tear here, but let me explain. Uh, the, you said the coasters were kind of uh, slow and low intensity. They don't hold any records. I like that. I don't really like roller coasters that slam me around, okay? I can't handle Banshee at King's Island, okay? I get off that and I have, like, vertigo. I'm like, Ugh. It's not fun. Um, and also, you said that, that there is high tech. I guess like this could go for either Disney or Universal, but... Um, from what I've seen out of Disney is that they use like all this cutting edge technology from their movies and the movie sets and kind of have this man and machine type of thing working together, like, like Iron Man. Um, <laughs> and you also said, maybe this is again for a both thing, but they engage you when you're in line at the queue. And I don't know about you, but I hate long lines. And whenever you're waiting in a line, you're just like, oh, bro, can we just do this thing? And the ride's only like a minute long. So I don't know. There's a, there's a trade off at time there, but uh, the fact that they both of these theme parks try to keep you engaged when you're in line, I think, is uh, is obviously a huge plus because um, you always want to avoid being bored. You always want to be entertained when you're at these theme parks. So I think that's a great mm-hmm. thing. Michael, yeah, I couldn't. Uh, I'm going to completely disagree and go with Universal on this one. Uh, <laughs> you wouldn't <I> dare. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, no, I I I really love the like. A, the attention to detail of the actual mechanics like that you went into like that, that to me made me feel like I really knew what was happening on the ride and was able to get a feel for what the experience really is. Um, And I was a little scared when you mentioned uh, the uh, immersive experience of being in line at Gringotts, because I was thinking like, Oh, it's an immersive experience, like waiting for in line at natural (laughs) bank. Cool. (laughs) Super fun. Um, But no, I, I just really like that um, from how things were presented, it really seems like there's a lot of attention to detail, both in mm-hmm. innovating on um, theme, experience, and the actual mechanics of the rides. So there's a lot more diversity there for uh, people who might want something a little bit more intense. Hmm. Yeah. it's You got to play to your audience, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't well, care about Harry Potter too, so there's that. About to debate you. <laughs> uh, personally, uh, when it comes to roller coasters and rides, I am a thrill seeker. Ooh. I love the fast roller coasters. I love the drops. I love the excitement. Um, and much like Nick had spoken about when he was first introducing himself, I too. <clears throat> I, too, have watched the point-of-view videos on YouTube of these rides. And, you know, it may be biased to go off of information I already know, but I'm going to have to give this one to Universal. Ooh. To break the Is tie it, of the point. Was was there a particular POV that you're that you're drawing as your it's sort of It's the Hagrid's conclusion? one, for it's sure. It's Hagrid's, isn't it? Huh? Oh, yeah, no. 
it's it's an incredible ride. Is mm-hmm. it Harry Potter again? I'm definitely gonna be honest. Like, <laughs> I know, like I personally enjoy Universal's rides more. Yeah. So okay, I, well, as soon as like the rides hey, category, who you want? Yeah. <laughs> you say, yeah, you hear that, Nick? You're just wrong. Yeah, <laughs> Abby. Fine. Abby, you know something? <laughs> I, I think. It's, I, I don't want to compare the two, but I'm going to because they're not at all similar. But I think Hagrid's is more thrilling than Rise of the Resistance. But being the Star Wars fan that I am, that ride, even beyond just being a, a huge fan of Star Wars, that ride is insane. It's it's un, unreal. I actually got evac'd off the ride, so I got to see a ton of shit. And it's... I've ridden it like 10 times maybe, but one of them I did get evac'd off, which is evacuated for the people at home, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> gotcha. And you, The lights come on. You get to see all the hidden stuff. It, it was, it's wild. It's super cool. And the, there are so many different things that, again, there, they are quite a few steps ahead of Universal, just as much as Universal is a few steps ahead of Disney. It's, we all win in this. And, again, mm-hmm. I think that for me personally – Hagrid's is more thrilling, but on a on a personal sort of technical perspective and being a huge fan, Rise of the Resistance, like, holy shit, that thing takes the cake. That thing's amazing. I feel like, honestly... But I'll take the win. The rides at Universal, <laughs> like, if you're a thrill-seeker, obviously you're going to pick Universal. I think, like, yeah, okay. I love the rides at Universal because they are thrill-seeking. And while I don't necessarily love fast roller coasters, I like riding them, but I can ride them like once and then I'm like good. Yeah. But I love Disney's rides because I feel like it, they're very nostalgic. Like for okay. me, Abby. I love that. They're Maddie, why 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 did you not talk about Haunted Mansion? My favorite oh, ride. Yeah. It's such a great ride. That's, With that's all the, the one that I got to do it? the backstage tour of. It's amazing. All the lore that's behind the Haunted Mansion is incredible. Yeah. You, you know, but we don't make your arguments for you. Yeah, I should have talked <laughs> no. about that. I just, I don't know. I didn't you think You cut her it. off guard. You did. Yeah, I, I did. I bet it's in my notes, Alex. Hey, I bet it's in gotta, my notes. We got to throw in a little a little twist here and there. Keep everyone entertained. Keep on, the, keep on the edge of their seat, right? A little <laughs> razzle-dazzle in there. Uh, but we'll step it back uh, to the one that you were expecting. And I'll even read, I'll even, uh, read a little intro for this round uh, so that you know what's coming. Uh, Theme parks offer a -a once-in-a-lifetime chance to meet and interact with characters. We're on to the meet-and-greets. Abby, did you start last time? So I think this one goes to Nick. All right. Again, super not prepared, but that doesn't matter because you don't need to be prepared when you're talking about meet-and-greets. And I'm starting this meet-and-greet off fresh, hot and bothered. All right, everybody. Trolls. You can meet the trolls. <laughs> Branch, I think, is it. Justin Timberlake's name. You can meet yeah. Branch. You can meet Anna Kendrick's character. I watched the other movie. I don't remember what her name is. What? Okay, Poppy. You can meet Poppy Branch. You can also meet the glitter dude, and he farts glitter. Like you can meet like those characters at the park. Yeah, at the park. He farts glitter. Yeah. 
And and when they come out, oh, they drop the most bomb track ever. It's like the most like holy shit. I'm about to get down and dirty in this club right now to the music that they're bringing these characters out, and they know how to work it. So that's just one character that a few characters that you can meet. Uh, there's a beautiful thing about Universal that I find that's different from Disney is that they have free roaming characters that just walk around, and you can just go up to them and talk to them. There's not a cast member or team member too close by where you feel like, oh, I got to get in line for this guy. You could literally be walking down Hollywood and you could run into Beetlejuice, Doc Brown, Popeye, uh, uh, Lucille Ball, if you like I Love Lucy. You can run into her for all you care. Uh, they're just roaming around sometimes. Honestly, you it, you could just be walking down the street and the next thing you know, ah, Popeye. That's my Popeye. Uh, he just runs into you and it's the most horrifying thing in the world. Uh, but he's there for you guys. <laughs> if you want to meet the Simpsons, you can go to Simpsons Land. You can go to Springfield and you can hang out with them. Uh, Homer Simpson is a bit of a asshole, but he, he'll take care of you. He loves you. You get a picture with him. Your favorite character is America's Family, ladies and gentlemen. You can also hang out with the bus attendant uh, from what is it? Harry Potter 3 Prisoner of Azkaban, the guy that does that bus and it shrinks and it does weird things. You can hang out with that cat and you can talk, get pictures with him. Uh, there's all sorts of characters that you can meet over at Islands of Adventure. You can hang out with Storm, Cyclops, Wolverine, Captain America, Spider-Man, all your favorite characters. You can meet Green Eggs and Ham characters, Sam I Am. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, 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 the Lorax. <laughs> he speaks for the trees, apparently. Uh, and one that I think is really, really fun that I personally haven't done, but I've seen videos and people talk about it and I walk by it all the time. It's just always got a line and I never have kind of you know, shelled out the time to stand and wait for it. But you can meet a Velociraptor. The Raptor mm -hmm. encounter experience is super fun from all the accounts that I've heard. Uh, you get to hang out with the Raptor trainer and you get to stand next to where the Raptor's enclosure is and you get to meet the Velociraptor. It's a very intense experience, but it's also a very humbling experience where you get to commune with nature from a bygone era. And my last thing, because I don't have much, but I did it, and it's beautiful and amazing. There, It's a show as well, but I, I guess I'll kind of merge the two because there's not a show category. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a Barney and Friends show. It's a live show where you get to see Barney appear before your very, very blue eyes, brown eyes, whatever eyes you have. He appears before you like a phantom in the night. And guess what? <laughs> Baby Bop, BJ, the whole gang's there, and it's a, it's a wonderful experience. I did it once, and I'm eager to do it again. But after the show, after the beautiful performance and theatrical uh, uh, mishaps that happen, you can actually hang out and meet Barney. Now, wow. I, I love Disney, and I love the characters that you can meet. But can you meet Barney? I leave that... <laughs> To the judges to decide. All right, close I, it down. They won. I, all I can picture right now is Barney like emerging from the darkness in my dreams. Yeah. Like, I love you. It's very much like you that. Love. Hey, boys and Nick, girls. You, you may not win every round at physically, but emotionally, no. you take me every time. Right. It's incredible. All right, cool. Uh, Abby, you're up. All right, so meet and greets. So honestly, meet... I'm 22, and my favorite thing to do at Disney World is to meet the princesses. <laughs> not, I mean, I'm not ashamed. It's an amazing experience, and they're my favorite characters of all time. Um, 
I just want to point out that while, yes, I do think it's really cool that Universal offers, like, the free roaming characters, um, which Disneyland does offer, but, again, we're kind of focusing on Universal, or Disney Orlando, but um, I feel like the free roaming characters, though, it's very inefficient, just because I feel like there are specific set times at Disney for all the characters. You can look up in the app, you know Rapunzel is going to be in her, by her tower at 3 o'clock today. And you can go and meet her, and you can get in line, and then she might have to go check on Pascal, but she'll be back in a few minutes. And I just feel like it keeps it consistent, because if you're going to the park and you're wanting to meet Spider-Man at Universal, you have to, like, catch him walking around. And I feel like that's a little inefficient because if you're going to Disney and you're paying to go to Disney and you're wanting to meet your favorite characters, you're going to take the time to wait in line and meet the character that you want to meet because you know exactly where they're going to be and you know exactly the times they're going to be there, who's going to be there. I also just feel like Disney has a lot more meet and greets to offer anyway. They have a lot more characters. Um, and I would argue that they're a little more iconic. I knew, like, as soon as I said that, you guys were going to be like, but it's freaking Mickey Mouse. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, yeah. it's Mickey Mouse. I don't, like, there's not another character that's more iconic than the mouse himself. And you can't meet him at Universal. You can't meet Minnie Mouse. You can't meet the people that, like, basically made the entertainment industry like booming (laughs) anyway (laughs) but another thing about meet and greets that I I kind of want to talk about is the consistency I know I touched on that a little bit before but you can go meet Ariel on Monday and if you go meet Ariel on Wednesday she is gonna remember you she is always going to remember you if you go to meet her another day she's gonna remember you again Because it's Ariel. There's only one of her, right? There's one Princess Ariel. And that consistency blows my mind because Disney has such intertwined... I'm trying to say this with keeping character integrity alive. But Disney offers so many ways to make sure that every meet and greet with a character is going to be the most authentic and personable experience for the kids, for the families. And I'm not going to go into details how they do that because that's making character integrity not a thing and I'm not going to do that. But the way that Disney does that blows my mind and it's because they care so much about their guests and their guests' experiences that they want to make sure those meet and greets are efficient, they go well, and they keep those characters alive. I mean, those characters, when you meet Rapunzel, it's Rapunzel. Like, there's Rapunzel right in front of you. And the fact that they are able to encompass everything about that character, like, they don't just... Like, for example, I did go to Universal once, and I found that it was a little strange that... I'm not going to say, like, a specific character, but a character asked me if I was part of the college program. (laughs) And I was like, you shouldn't know what that is. (laughs) And so it just, it broke my heart. And I was like, dang it. And it's, that's just something that, like, you don't 
here. Also, the fact that Disney characters, they're they're going to know the language. Like, they study languages so that they can talk to their guests in their specific language. Mm. ASL included. How much time do I have left? Because I'll go on a rant about this one. (laughs) You got 30 seconds if you want to use it. Okay. Well, just the fact that they take into consideration guests of all different cultures. Um, I don't know if you've seen the adorable videos of the characters speaking ASL to their guests, but I just, again, it all comes down to attention to detail. I mean, that's, that's all I have to say. That's great. (laughs) Strong arguments on both sides. Yeah, I know I'm torn. I do have stuff I want to talk about after you decide who wins. Absolutely. Those little in the middle talks are some of the best parts of this episode. (laughs) Funnily (laughs) enough. Yeah. Michael, um, I believe you're uh, up, yeah. here to, up here to bat. Yeah, and you know, for a while there, I was wondering why uh, Abby, you weren't talking about some certain things that, uh, to me, are like iconic parts of going and seeing, meeting like a Disney character. Like, uh, but character integrity, I think, for me, is the big thing. Like, um, no matter what, you are meeting the character. You're not meeting the actor behind the character in a role. You're meeting the character. Um, so like as an example, like for continuity's sake, like every single like signature books, I don't know if those are still a thing, but okay. Like growing up, I remember signature books being like the, one of my favorite parts about going to Disney is getting to collect the different characters signatures. And no matter what, every time I would, every time you go to Disney, you get the same signature from the same character. Because it's the like, same person. Because it's the same. It's it's the same character, <clears throat> and so it's just really cool to like cross reference. Like me being able, like me going in like the summer uh, and getting like these three character signatures, and then like a friend coming back like a month or two later, coming back and like them having two of the same signatures and they match exactly. It's just like, oh my god, you met Mickey, you met Donald, like you met Goofy, like all these things. Like you didn't. I didn't meet this character there. I met this, in my mind, person. This person. And it just lends so well to the... Um, I, I, I guess the right way to say it is lends to it feeling much more realistic. The Disney magic. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. So is your vote Disney, just to make it clear? Yes. <laughs> well, okay. Thank you very yeah. much. So... I will say Universal, that's pretty cool, uh, that the character uh, farts glitter, um, <laughs> and that you get to meet Barney and Homer. Barney was a huge part of my life uh, as a kid, so that, that gets some points over there. Uh, Disney, predictability and uh, consistency is a huge part of, I think, everyone's life here, you know? you got to be consistent in your daily habits. Um, Mickey Mouse is a huge draw. Uh, I don't know whether it's by virtue of marketing or or just Disney being Disney, but Mickey Mouse is huge. Um, with all that being said, I think my vote goes to Universal this time around because uh, the roaming characters, <laughs> the roaming characters, mind is blown. <laughs> and it might be inefficient to have roaming characters, but in a way, it's way more awesome because you can you meet these people by by sheer chance. You know, you're walking down Main Street or whatever the Main Street in Universal is called. And you see, you see, like uh, I don't know, Homer Simpson. You're like, guys, you cannot believe who I met today. You meet Homer Simpson just roaming around in the streets. I mean, I don't know about you, but that'd be way more awesome than going and be like, 
all right, let's go down the list. Who's going to be here? Oh, it's Rapunzel. Check. Oh, it's Mickey Mouse. But, I mean, that's just me. So uh, but, Universal gets the point. But isn't that by virtue of, like, the types of audience? Because, like, do you know how fucking hard it is to, like, wrangle kids to go and, like, just, like, try and find a character around a park? It's like, oh, no, yeah. we are going to meet up with uh, Ariel at 2 o'clock. 15 minutes later, we're going to make our way over here, meet, Sno- not Snoopy, God. Uh, Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Snoop Dogg. We're going to go over and meet Snoop Dogg, the character from Disney. Um, Classic Disney character. Yeah, and like <laughs> this this topic kind of feels like to me, like I know it's we're tied right now, but I'm really surprised, Nick. To me, this topic is like the iconic part about going to a Disney park. It like, very much is. is. Like, I agree with you. To me, this but... is like sixty percent of like why I want to go is to go meet the characters, even though I'm a twenty-six year old, six foot four, two hundred sixty pound man. <laughs> I want to go meet the Disney princesses. I want to go meet Donald and Goofy and the gang. Yeah, and again, this is just me. I don't care about the characters. I don't want to, you know, I don't have kids right now, so I don't want to wrangle a whole bunch of kids and get them to go meet. Oh, we're gonna go see Mickey Mouse. Here we go. So, I mean, me being me, <laughs> that's what it comes down Michael, to. Michael, Nick likes, thick Nick, as it were, he likes go. farting trolls, and that's <laughs> okay. He likes farting <laughs> trolls and trains, and that's great. That's all. I'm a one-dimensional character, okay? If you aren't anything. <laughs> all right. Well, for the third time, my plans of not participating in voting has backfired. So here we go. I like the idea of unplanned meetups because I like the idea of me going to Universal and my friend going to Universal and me saying I got to see a troll fart and them going where the hell did that happen (laughs) or like me saying yeah I got to talk to Beetlejuice and they're like oh I didn't even know Beetlejuice was there like it's these surprise things that you're like I feel lucky that this happened to me because it doesn't happen to everyone that being said I also really enjoy the amount of detail that Disney does go into it. And I enjoy that. And I don't want to break continuity either, but we've all done our research on the internet, I'm sure, of the multiple things that Disney does to assure that continuity for each guest and that every guest gets that experience. But I also have to give it to the, to the, the team members working at Disney that the... To, to embody these famous characters and to understand how they would react in every situation is probably a feat that I'll never fully comprehend. Um, but watching the meetup videos on YouTube and things like that, as I so often have done, being that I dream of the day I go to Florida and go to either of these parks, um, it's just incredible to watch these kids interact with even minute characters at Disney like Gaston. Gaston I was waiting has for some, it. <laughs> Gaston has some great meetups. Mm-hmm. And like Peter Pan will like have some great meetups where like he makes you a child again. And it's stuff like that that's going to win this point for me. So it's going to have to go to Disney. Fair enough. Cool. This, but I this do get the farting troll preference. <laughs> this, and this isn't a slight against you, uh, guest Nick, but like I would have been actually mad if he said Universal for this one, Alex. <laughs> Uh, me? Wait, what? I'm confused. No, uh, if Alex would have said anything but Disney, 
I would have been actually upset. This was <laughs> in conjunction with immersion. This was the one that I knew would be probably the hardest uphill battle yep. for me. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Nick, thick Nick agreed with me and, and sided you, with me. And the fact that Alex, it's, it, it seemed like you were leaning towards me. And then you said, but, and then I was like, well, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh, it's actually going to work. And no, it was fair point. Yeah. yeah. We I mean, need big were... butts here. They were fair points uh, yeah. that you made, Nick, and you you made a very good argument. But you were fighting one hell of a beast. I, I was Disney. Disney. I was. You're fighting the mouse. But you did very well doing <laughs> it. Um, but and this isn't on purpose. I feel like all of this has been fair, and our voting has been just with our reasoning. Sure. We have ended on a tie, two points to each side. Um, <laughs> so what does it come down to? Holidays now. It Sudden comes death. down to our last <laughs> round, and it comes down to. What I believe is the best, and what I feel you both have the strongest arguments for, and I'm very excited about this. Uh, and Nick, <laughs> our guest, is showing right now. He's wearing a T-shirt commemorating one of those very holiday events, and we are bringing it down to the wire with best holiday, best holiday attractions, and best holiday theming. How you guys handle the holidays. Um. Yikes. I believe it was Nick who went first last time. So this time. Did Nick still want to say, some, say something? He said something. Me? Oh, yeah. I, I yeah. believe he did want to say something. Go ahead. Uh, I had kind of forgotten some stuff, but at least one thing that I remember that you said that I did want to touch back on was, okay, you went to Universal. Who was it? I mean, out the character, because I'm genuinely curious who, like, broke the fourth wall, the proverbial fourth wall, and was like, are you a cast member? Like who did it? It was Captain America. Oh, what? Yeah, and, I, and he's my I mean, favorite, I, so it genuinely broke that's my American's heart. ass. Like I what know. the hell? I could have understood if it was like Beetlejuice being like quirky and weird, but like Captain yeah. America should not know. Oh, were you in the Disney College program? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, and nothing against Universal. That really feels like, hey, are you over eighteen? Like that's. <laughs> That's kind of the vibe question. And like, I get that like everything about my personality screams Disney college program. And like, I get that. That's why we picked you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But Captain America can't ask me that. Like, oh, anyway. (laughs) All right. Well, let's take it home, everybody. Let's let's get this holiday thing going. This is the one I'm excited about. Was I going first? I'm sorry. You're going first. Okay. So I actually haven't been able to attend a lot of their holiday events, so I actually did have to do some research on this. Um, But I want to mention the fact that Disney doesn't just celebrate holidays, they create holidays. Let me explain. Okay, (laughs) so Dapper Day. I don't know if you know what this is. I'm aware of it. I actually do know about it. It is one of my favorite days of the year. I'm not going to lie. It's basically a day where you get to dress up as your favorite character, which you're not normally allowed to do at the Disney parks. Um, But you get to dress up as your favorite character. Well, you're allowed to do that, but it depends on how close of detail you look like the characters Mm -hmm. or not. Um, but you can really go into dressing up as a character. You can also do Disney bounding, which is basically like you take an outfit and you inspire it by a character. Um, and a lot of people pay attention to like really minute characters, which I think is really fun. Like I've seen a girl do Hey Hey from Moana and that was awesome. She did a great job. Um, or Orange Bird from like 
the cartoon forever ago and that was really awesome too um but basically you can buy outfits and pieces from different disney stores that embody a certain character and everyone dresses up and goes to the parks in these awesome outfits um there's some really awesome like famous pictures from these specific days there's instagram hashtags based on it um and it's all a holiday that disney literally created this didn't exist and now dapper day happens twice a year and thousands of people from all over the country and probably internationally come just to participate in Dapper Day events, which I think is really super cool. Um, and I want to touch on Christmas for just a second because Christmas is my favorite holiday. And I did get to attend the Christmas event. Everyone loves free stuff, right? Everyone loves free stuff. Did you know that on holidays, Disney's food is given away for free? And let me just talk about this for a second. If you go to a Disney Christmas party, which is the Mickey Mouse Christmas party, you can do this thing called the Christmas walk. Now that Christmas walk, that Christmas walk is the gingerbread walk. So you're walking down different areas of the park. Each land is broken off into different events, different parties that you get to attend for Christmas. Don't forget Santa. He's there too. And you get snowman-shaped pretzels, special Christmas cookies, and they're given to you for free. Now, not every Disney food on a holiday is given away for free. There's a lot of food given away for free. I left with an entire purse filled of sugar cookies, and it was the best day of my life. I had, like, three snowman pretzels, a bunch of free hot chocolate, and free, like, hot apple cider. And that's just another way that Disney, like, caters to that holiday because... They're giving people the opportunity. They know that they're traveling there on a holiday and they take care of their guests. Like they don't just leave a regular park day for that day. They're like, no, you traveled here for Christmas. We're going to make it special. And they change the fireworks show to theme after the holiday. Like that is so cool because you're going to get a different experience. Like you came for a specific holiday. You're going to have a Christmas fireworks show. I'll talk about Halloween for just a second. Um, so I know Universal does um, Halloween Horror Nights. Is that what it's called, I think? Yeah. Which I'm not a fan, but I'm a very, like, squeamish. I get terrified over everything, so not my thing. But I've never seen Nick's neck snap so fast as when you said <laughs> I'm not a fan. I, I really wish that I liked that stuff, but it just freaks me out too much. Um, again, this is why I'm Disney and he's Universal. <laughs> um but halloween actually they do a special all-night party event so you come to the parks at like seven o'clock at night and you party all through the night with all of the villains how cool is that you party (laughs) with (laughs) jack and sally and the voodoo man and cruella Deville, and there's a special parade with the stepsisters and all of and what's her name the the stepmom from cinderella all of the lady lady tremaine and all of the different villain characters that you don't get to usually see like um in nightmare before christmas they have uh boogeyman which is so yes yeah that one i was like i don't remember his full name (laughs) but that one Um, And they have all the villains characters and you get to get their autographs. You get to see special villains that don't usually come out on a normal day. And it's a party overnight in Disney World. (laughs) Like how freaking cool is that? They also changed the rides, which I kind of spoke to uh, earlier. So like for the, I think it's called Villains Villains After Dark. Um, So they change a lot of the rides to theme 
villains or to theme Halloween themed versus just like the regular rides. So again, that just comes back to them catering to their guests for a specific, they know they traveled there for a specific holiday. That's um, your time. Is that my time? Oh, cool. That's okay. your time. Awesome. Hmm. All right. Bring us home. This is, this is going to be a tough one. Yeah, I know. Already it's going to be tough. He's about to speak with so much heart fire, it will burn your face <laughs> off. All right. Let me, before I start, let me uh, sip from my commemorative uh, Halloween Horror Nights Ghostbusters glass here real quick. Hang on. <laughs> Give him a second to do that. Mm. All right. Up. I'm actually not going to start with... <laughs> Uh, Halloween Horror Nights. I'm going to start with a few of the other holidays that we do celebrate at Universal Studios, one in which is Mardi Gras. Uh, We just had Mardi Gras before, you know, COVID happened. But um, it's an amazing festival where we get to celebrate Mardi Gras as they would do in Nolens. You know, you got yourself a parade, beautiful parade with immaculate floats that you as a guest can actually participate and be on the float and throw beads to the other uh, guests of the park. We also have wonderful food straight from New Orleans. You can get jambalaya, you can get uh, uh, gator bites, you can get benets, all sorts of custom-made cocktails created by Universal as far as devising new ways to get yourself a little bit of crunk so that you can enjoy the festivities and feet don't fail you now. We also have the holidays in which Christmas amasses. We do, last year actually, we did this amazing Easter egg hunt. Well, it's not really an Easter egg because it's not Easter. It was a scavenger hunt for Christmas ornaments all throughout the parks, whether it was Islands of Adventure, Universal Studios Florida, or City Walk. And once you actually found all of the uh, uh, scavenger hunt items and went to each place and got your stamp, you got a commemorative uh, limited edition uh, uh, Christmas ornament. We also had the amazing Macy's Day Parade Christmas float that came every night at Universal, and it was a beautiful parade with wonderful performers, stilt performers, dancers, characters that you're familiar with from Universal properties. They all come through all around the park, meet and greet. It's a beautiful parade, and uh, yeah, it's, it's just another way that Universal shows the celebration of Christmas and Mardi Gras. But now let's get to the real thing where we're going to spend most of our time. Halloween let's Horror it. Nights. It's been going on actually this year. Permitted, it actually still happens. We have I have no idea what's going on due to the current circumstances. But this year will be its 30th anniversary. 30 years of fear that it's been spreading across the nation. It is the <laughs> titular Halloween premiere event in the world. People from all walks of life, from all over the world, come to this event because it is incredibly unparalleled. And what's in, insanely unparalleled about it is the amount of detail that goes into these houses. Not only from the performers that that they bring the best that they can to these characters but also the makeup the costume the lighting the the pyrotechnics the the illusion effects that happen in the houses the beautiful production design of these houses is is unmatched in any other area and this year and and years past are bigger than ever 10 houses five scare zones scare zones are areas within the park where you can walk around walk around and you're transported into a different area so not only can you go to houses and be scared, but you can just be walking around and be immersed in a new world surrounded by fear all around you. And each year is different. There are original houses that come from universal creative themselves. You have a hive mind of people that come up with insane ideas, whether it's vampires, werewolves, ghosts, 
uh, uh, backwater bayou witches, uh, a battle between angels and demons on hell on earth with the fallen. There's all sorts of creative original ideas that the universal uh, masterminds come up with and they create their own narrative. Not to mention the icons of horror. There's Jack the Clown who has been the ringmaster and the puppeteer that orchestrates the event year after year. There's been Chance. There's been the caretaker, the usher. There's all sorts of characters that embody Horror Nights year after year. So much so that the original IPs almost outmatch IPs that they acquire from other properties. I mean, we'll get into that in a second, but these these characters that Universal has created have developed a society, have developed their own narrative and, and hive mind and cult. People love Jack the Clown. They're, I mean, not to get too out of the realm of this, but Blumhouse themselves have, have been in conversation with Universal. You can look this up. This isn't trade secrets or anything, but they want to make mm. a Horror Nights movie. Due to the due, due to just the imaginative nature of creating original horror ideas and, and stories. But let's touch on real quick the big draw for a lot of people that are maybe new to this idea of horror is the intellectual properties that already exist. One of the big ones that they acquired about a year ago was Stranger Things. Stranger Things, they brought Netflix into the fold and they brought a huge horror icon that is really relatable to all walks of life and all age groups. You could walk through Hawkins, you could meet your favorite characters, and you could experience what it's like to be in the upside down. Ghostbusters is another one. If you want to walk through the world of Saul, if you want to walk and meet Michael Myers, Freddy versus Jason, The Thing, uh, Trick or Treat, Krampus, all sorts of different horror icons, they fall under this umbrella they bring a mix of original ideas and horror movies that you grew up with and collide collide them together another thing that people don't quite take advantage of in in addition to the fact that this is a very much horror centered event you walk through haunted houses and the goal is to scare you make your blood boil make you freak out put put you know uh, goosebumps on the back of your neck you grab your friend and you run through the houses. It's a thrill. Not only that, but they come up with limited edition cocktails and souvenir cups for the collector aficionados out there. They have uh, uh, different collectors and exclusive food merchandise like Upside Down Burger for Stranger Things. You can get Eleven's Waffles. So if, you, if you're a Stranger Things fan, you can eat waffles. It's, it's wild and weird and crazy. And not only that, they have character dining experiences, horror nights, character dining experiences, where you can go in the Universal Monsters Cafe and have a buffet dinner before the event and meet some of the characters from the houses and get pictures with them, exclusive from other people. It is an event that has gone for over 30 years and will continue to go on. It is a huge just celebration of horror, not to mention the long-running and Fingers crossed they come back at some point, but if we're looking at some of the more live events that they do, because each year there is a live event that they do in the Fear Factor stage at Universal Studios, whether it's Academy of Villains, which is an impressive choreography dance with all sorts of different Cirque du Soleil type uh, performances. They're incredibly talented individuals. I've seen them a few times. There's also the Bill and Ted Excellent Halloween Adventure, which has had a long-standing narrative uh, 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 a story that has spanned years and years and, is, and has been endowed to fans of Horror Nights for quite some time. But even if we pull back the curtains even more, there was a Beetlejuice show, there was Rocky Horror Picture Show. It transcends all sorts 
of different uh, uh, particular tastes, and it, and it just it exists in a realm that is not particularly zeroed in on one type of person's horror. I think that there is something for everyone, and I and I do believe in the most recent years they've been trying to open the door for a new breed of fans. I think that that was especially apparent when Stranger Things was brought into the fold. I think that they were trying to cater to a maybe a more uh, not seasoned horror crowd and trying to bring them into the fold and be like, hey, there's something for you guys here too. We can make you guys feel scared and do our job right by bringing you into a, a territory that feels familiar and friendly to you, something that you have watched before. And I think we are seeing a lot of beautiful repercussions from that because the event has done nothing but grow over time. And I think stranger things was in this decade was the big, okay, this is going into hyperdrive now. Cause we're, cause we, they did stranger things season one and last year they did stranger things season two and three and who knows what's coming this year. It's, I mean, the, the possibilities are limitless and Every year, they're looking for new ways to create a new cult of Horror Nights fans because there are the old seasoned veterans that love the blood, gore, uh, particular scary Jack the Clown, Usher sort of macabre horror. And then they're also like, yo, we got to get some new kids in on this stuff. So let's bring in the Ghostbusters. Let's bring in, you know, Stranger Things. Let's get them in to this celebration of all things Halloween. And All right, I got to cut you there. Insane. You you've gone over, but it was it was very it was very uh, exciting. So uh, he probably just lagged out, but he'll be back probably. Um, but it it was it was very uh, very well spoken. So Michael, you go ahead and uh, take us on this one. Yeah, what are you thinking? Um, you know, uh, from your enthusiasm, Nick, of like, <laughs> Halloween horror, I really thought that like at the end of this, I would just be like, yep. Uh, I'm going to go with Universal, but there's a lot of stuff that you brought, Abby, that I, I didn't even think about. Like, I didn't even know that there was, like, a villain part, like, like a villain party. I didn't know that they specifically tailored, uh, like, Christmas, uh, like, fireworks and, like, giving away free food, things like that, that, like, I didn't even know about, which is great. That's why we're here. Um, but that being said, Universal, from what it sounds like, owns Halloween they own it um, and the fact that they take full ownership of it and they have turned themselves from what it sounds like have turned themselves into the world epicenter of an incredible Halloween experience I've got to give it to give it got to give it to Universal okay so Disney has Dapper Days that's really cool they, the, how they make the holiday they take every stride to kind of make Christmas appear as not just this thing you see on TV movies or in Hallmark movies in this case, but they, they make an effort to make it, uh, bring it down to earth in a way. Universal has Stranger Things, which I think is really cool. The Mardi Gras parade also sounds pretty cool. I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's Disney. Whoa. Damn. I really am curious on your reasoning. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's my reasoning. We're going to get the reasoning down. Universal, I don't really like thrills. Okay. Um, thrill, thrill rides and uh, whether that's in-person thrills, haunted houses, that kind of stuff. I don't like them. Well, gosh, I don't know. 
I mean, just the feeling. That sounds enough. I mean, like if yeah. if if you don't yeah. like Halloween like thrills like that nature, I mean, I, I will agree with you. It's not the place for you. Yeah, it was a tough one. It was a tough one. This is a lot of weight. Yeah. I'm now realizing that somehow it's worked out that I am the deciding factor of who wins this. Almost in all of them, but especially in this one overall, I it's it's a large weight I hold on my shoulders, and I'm glad that I'm not lagging through it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Alex, Um, I don't want to put too much pressure on you. Like, not only are you picking the winner of this debate, you're also picking which friend you like the most. So no pressure there. So don't do this to me. Because this works on levels. Like, I have to pick between <laughs> you and Nick and Nick and Abby and Disney and Universal. Yeah. This is a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Here's what I'm going to say. I didn't know about Halloween at Disney. I thought that was really cool. The villains thing is super neat because, I mean, the villains are great characters, but, man, Halloween belongs to the villains. Mm. And that goes for both parks. Sure. It's, it's neat to hear that Disney takes that extra step to give the park to the villains. Christmas at Disney, I imagine, is about as unparalleled as Halloween at uh, Universal, but I'm not really sure. I just know about the uh, parades and things like that, the lights and all of that. Um, It's Florida, so it's not like it's a a white Christmas down there, but I'm sure you guys do everything you can to make it as white as as you possibly can. Which is interesting, especially down in Florida, that they make that magic occur. Um, Universal, uh, you guys... I, I'm happy to hear that you guys do more than just Halloween. Yeah. Uh, Mardi Gras sounds awesome. You guys oh, yes. do the Mardi Gras parade. You guys get into the cuisine. You guys mm. go all out to make sure that if you're there for Mardi Gras, you are there for Mardi Gras. And I think that that is incredible. Um, and that's not even stepping toes where Halloween takes it because Halloween, if you're there, you're not – experiencing halloween you're experiencing horror you're experiencing the spirit of halloween um mm-hmm. in a way where you're both safe but also not mm-hmm. i mean around any corner anything could pop out and i really like the idea that these actors are so deeply in love with what you guys do around halloween that they've come up with their own characters and that they've Correct. come up with their own lore um i love all of that i think that that's all crazy and incredible and it is is really uh what separates the park from the experience um but it's hard it's a hard pick <laughs> but it's hard <laughs> i know but <laughs> i am from my personal opinion and people may disagree uh i'm gonna go with universal mm. Mm. i'm gonna go with universal How because I'm the kind of guy who spends four hours doing nothing in a video game looking for hidden lore. And that is what Universal's Halloween is about. It's about being there, finding the things that are meant to be found by people who look and not meant to be found by people who don't. Mm. And it's that experience that I think would draw me to that park. Mm. So for holidays, I give it to Universal. And for some reason, (laughs) overall... I guess I'm giving it to Universal, which is not <laughs> the way I thought this was going to go. That's exactly how I was, too. I really thought, like, from the bottom of my heart before this, like, I was going to immediately just be like, this is fucking Disney. I'm, I'm always going to pick Disney. But Thank you guys. 
so much yeah. for this, for coming yeah. on, for talking about your guys' passions on these places where you guys work. Yeah. And, I mean, my God, these episodes usually only go for an hour. I sent a text to them about uh, when we hit the hour mark, and I was like, this is going to run long, but it's worth it. Oh, yeah. And totally worth they it. both agreed, yeah. like, it's worth it. Um, so at the end of each episode, we have a segment. It's a five-minute segment. We're still going to fit it in because it's tradition. It's called uh, Quick This. Uh, Quick This is a version of Entertain This that happens in five minutes, spanning one topic of the person who hosted the podcast last. In this case, it was Nick. Um, If you want to give a victory speech, you may. Yeah, I mean, I'll give a victory speech uh, before, I guess, signing off and and, uh, concluding my time here on the podcast uh, because it is running late. I actually got to make dinner and stuff like that. Uh, Yeah. But. I will say thank you. I, I, I honestly didn't suspect it would go this way. And what privilege it was to be able to debate and have this conversation with Abby, uh, a, a good high school friend of mine. Um, it, it, I love Disney. I, I'm sure almost not not quite as much as you because clearly you work there and stuff like that. But like I I adore the magic of Disney. When you step into Disney, I will say personally, there is a, a feeling of like euphoria you feel more so than I do when I walk to universal i mean it's just it's just there's magic in the air and it's wild but um I, yeah i i am truly thankful for the opportunity to be on this podcast and to be able to talk about uh, my home turf where i preside where i work uh, a lot of the things that we do and just i hope that this shed some light uh, to people that had no idea about certain things and hopefully this will encourage you all to uh explore different avenues of universal as well as disney that you may not have already had any uh idea about because there's a lot of stuff that they do that isn't quite advertised there's a lot of hidden things that you can kind of uh make your own sort of particular uh personal interest when it comes to visiting these parks and um delighted that i won and i want (laughs) to thank you guys for (laughs) letting me be on the podcast this was a delight yeah, it was a great time, and that's our mission statement, by the way, uh, is um, I'm glad that you guys came on so that people could listen, and even if they were rooting for one side, I hope uh, people learned things about both sides. I feel like mm-hmm. that uh, is really what's going to drive this episode, and uh, this made this a great episode. Um, I'm really Absolutely. confident in it. Yeah. Abby, I was just gesturing to you. I knew you were thinking of... Oh, I was just going to say, like, <laughs> Nick, you are a wonderful speaker, and I... And cool. I yeah and so honestly you convinced me of a lot of things too because i think you you showed me a lot about universal that i don't think i realized because i will say i'm a little bit of a disney snob it's my favorite place (laughs) on this planet i love it so much with my whole heart and so i loved that i was able to kind of learn about things about universal i didn't know of course i'm a huge harry potter fan so i love harry potter world so much Um, Mm -hmm. but I'll be honest, I didn't know about a lot of the other things that Universal Mm -hmm. does. So I thank you for explaining some of those things and kind of showing me that getting Universal Pass may just be worth it, um, because I don't have one yet and I've been (laughs) kind of debating it. So I think you've convinced me one way. Um, and just thanks for having me on the podcast and being able, letting me talk about something that I am so passionate about and that I love so much. And if you catch yourself by Cinderella's castle, please come get pixie dusted by your favorite fairy godmother. Excellent. Uh, I do want to throw in just before you two sign off, I did take a poll beforehand, before we did the podcast, maybe about a week ago on our Twitter. Um, I believe it's at entertain underscore podcast or at entertain underscore this. It's one of those two. Um, As to which park people preferred, um, 
and out of all the votes that we got, it ended on a 50-50 draw as well. Damn. So <laughs> both this have their audiences. Yeah. It was very tight, and yeah. I'm, I'm glad. I mean, it made for good entertainment. Um, thank you guys both for coming on the podcast. Yeah, yeah we really and also, it. real quick before you guys go, like if you guys ever find your way back up in this area, feel free to reach out because we would all love to thank you and like grab a drink yeah. for oh, yeah. the podcast and just have a great time because you all are absolutely wonderful wonderful people and so thankful for having you on here thank you yeah. appreciate it i'll definitely take you up on that you guys go enjoy your dinners and we're gonna wrap things up here with nick's quick this have fun all right Bye. thank you here we go thanks guys all right so while they're signing off i'm gonna go on a tangent about something that is not related to disney or universal in any way awesome <laughs> go for it so unlike Alex, I like to use my quick this to get things off my chest. And you might want to start the timer now. Um, but I have a bit of a rant. And today is no different. Rather than wasting an entire hour talking about a game that literally everyone is aware of, I've chosen to do a quick this just to explain why the heck I like Call of Duty. So by now, a lot of your dear listeners have played at least one game in this franchise. And recently I've been playing the 16th installment of Call of Duty called Modern Warfare that was released last year. And this is not to be confused with Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare in 2008. I know it's confusing, but that's where I started my introduction to these games all those years ago. Now, full disclosure, I suck at Call of Duty multiplayer. There's no way I can compete with a spazzy 12-year-old boy who guzzles Mountain Dew all day. And there's something to talk about here with the primary male-leaning crowd that plays Call of Duty here, of course, but that's for a separate time. But the reflexes and sheer amount of time that a young preteen boy has is something that I can't even come close to. And with that, you may be wondering why I continue to play a game that I'll never be truly able to master. And to this outside perspective looking in, that's a key question here. And Natalie, my girlfriend, has heard me swearing at the TV many nights because I can't stop getting killed in any number of ways, whether it's getting shot, hardscoped, quickscoped, spawn killed, camped, blown up, trip mined, etc. But the primary question at stake here is why? So let me answer that. I play because Call of Duty is fun, even if I die every two seconds. And it's my way of unwinding after a day of work. And yes, I do realize it sounds like somebody doing meth to fall asleep, but let me explain. So it's really fun to go on a rampage when you're in this, in this game. And I live for the moments when I get a big kill streak and finally kill that asshole who's spawn camping me. And by the way, a quick word about camping. If you don't know what it means, it's staying in one spot with a tactical advantage in a computer or video game, according to Wikipedia. If you camp the entire match, I hate you. End of story. This is the only time, the, the only time you should be pitching a tent is if a nice young lady decides to show her breast to you, okay? Oh or my unless God, Nick. you actually need a temporary shelter in the great outdoors. Or camping the objective like you're supposed to. But these campers do nothing more than camp. Not playing the objective or anything else, they're just sitting there waiting for you to pop around a corner. And I'd argue that defeats the purpose of the game. Sitting there and waiting instead of running around and just shooting people like you're supposed to in a first-person shooter. If everyone did it, there would be no game. So don't camp, kids, or do. There's really no way I can stop you. But regardless, I continue to play this game just so I can perhaps go on one more kill streak or finally blow away that camper that's been tormenting me the entire match. And even beyond that, what makes these games so great is the fact that Call of Duty offers something that not a lot of other games offer. It's a best-in-class AAA first-person shooter with minimal bugs. And this is a very well-crafted game. It's well-balanced. Yes, some guns are better than others, 
but it's a game of rock, paper, scissors. What's great at short range might suck at long range and the other way around. And the level of customization within these weapon classes or your creative class abilities are great too. You can play with whichever class, you can modify the guns to whichever attachments and changing perks out to whichever scenario that you might come encounter with. This plays well with the, the, your character, and it, you move very fluidly and very reactively. It's not like one of these clunky, um, you know, B-level games like Bioshock, but it... <laughs> yeah, I just threw it under the bus. I'm sorry. Um, what's even better is that you'll have fun playing these kinds of games with friends. Either you're doing it competitively or you're just, you know, having it on the background so you can shoot the shit about your day. It doesn't require a whole lot of time sunk into the game to enjoy it, whereas RPGs like Skyrim almost require you to have a solid one-hour chunk. A standard game of Call of Duty will only run you 10 or 15 minutes, which is great for an average 9-to-5 boy like me. But it's all around a good franchise, and I realize it's not for everyone. But if you're interested and want to play a good FPS, give it a try. What's, what's even better is that it comes out on a set schedule, kind of like how Entertain This is released every Friday, for better or worse. And I know it's cookie cutter year after year, but you know what? That's really all I want. Small incremental changes over time, and it doesn't have to be a groundbreaking title every seven years. I would argue it's one of the few times that quantity over quality actually works. And of course, you know I'll be buying the next game when it comes out this year, too. So that's my quick this. Go try Call of Duty. It's a fun and entertaining game, and it might even raise your blood pressure or cause you to scream swear words, but who knows? Maybe you'll be one of the few people that gets a sick thrill from poning noobs online. But before you do that, I want to thank you for entertaining this. Great job, Nick. Great job, Nick. That was awesome, man. So well done. Uh, um, I really liked the jokes that you threw in and the words that you said. <laughs> you So, fun fact, I actually was a, um, like back in high school, I was one of those, or middle school as well, I was one of those spastic 12-year-old kids uh, who did nothing but play Call of Duty. And... That almost earned me a spot on a semi-professional Call of Duty team. Wow. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. I, um, so this started, I, I with, with you, started on Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare uh, mm -hmm. back in the day. And um, eventually, during the World at War uh, days, um, I, me and a buddy, we would do like game battles. Oh, there you uh, go. Online. Yeah, and I kind of made a name for myself for being an asshole who would run into um into the match and I would quick scope with a uh unscoped Mosin Naget uh there you or go. M ninety five car. Uh and yep. I was so they were pulling out all like the juggernauts, like M forty strats, and I was Of course. Meanwhile just dicking around no scoping and still beating these people. Um, <laughs> that's awesome yeah those that was call of duty back in the day was my shit I and i it. like super mario galaxy <laughs> thanks so much for listening this week guys it was a great episode sure. yeah this episode of entertain this was hosted by michael savoya nick mustakangas and alex Steele. special thanks to our guest abby and nick for coming on the show our theme music is rush bubble by aaron spencer Tune in every Friday for new episodes. Thanks for listening.